0: The Barclays. Barclays
1: and this is our podcast about current events, Christianity in the culture, religion, media, etc. Okay, those are kind of redundant, but you get the picture. Um, thank you for listening and we are on our second week back from our little summer vacation hiatus from doing the podcast. It was a nice break, much needed, but thank you to everyone for tuning back in last week. Got yeah. nice feedback. And... We're glad
0: people was, were still there.
1: <laughs> yes. Um, so we're back into the rhythm of talking about kind of the hot topics going on. Um, I know if you were listening very closely <laughs> last week, we said we were going to talk about Afghanistan this week. We're actually going to um, hold off until we can have a guest appearance, our yes. first guest on the show to help us with some expertise on this. Um, But this week, we are going to talk about a really hot topic, which is the Texas abortion law.
0: Diving in headfirst.
1: Yes. So I guess we'll talk about what the law actually says, some context, some history around um, abortion laws in this country and what Christians should think about it, um, the culture around the abortion fight and all of those things.
0: Well, I'm glad you're here because this is an issue that is important to me, uh, protecting life of all kinds at all stages. And but when I speak with someone or hear someone talk who is a specialist in abortion policy, abortion politics, the pro-life movement, pro-choice movement, I just think, whoa, like I, I thought I knew something, but realize I don't.
1: <laughs> it, it is complex. A lot of things have happened, and I'm certainly not an expert, but in my time working on the Hill, I definitely worked a lot in the mm-hmm. issue of kind of pro-life legislation.
0: Yeah. And you've given birth to a baby.
1: And I have given birth to a baby. But you know what? You were right there beside me saying all the ultrasounds, kind of yeah, that's true. listening to me educate you on what was happening week by week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was just baffled by the whole thing.
1: You were, yeah, you were a very hands-on father in the pre-birth oh, thank stage. Thank
0: you. Thank you.
1: Yes. Yeah, so you know, too.
0: I guess so. I know some things, but I have a lot, a lot to learn. I mean, they, there are there are a lot of specialists in the area. This area, I will say, on um, and it's a very polarizing issue.
1: Mm-hmm. It's it's very emotional.
0: The, I mean, it's probably up there with like uh, what gun control. More than, I mean, I mean, yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I. In reading about, and we'll talk about what the actual Texas law is and what happened, but in reading about it this week, um, some people are saying that this issue is going to be what's on the ballot in the midterm elections next year. Really? So Senate races, um, particularly because the Senate is who appoints Supreme Court justices. So um, Mm -hmm. you know, the the Senate elections will be particularly about. You know who has control of the Supreme Court into the future right Now mm-hmm. there's a 6-3 conservative Majority right. from the Trump Presidency and um, Republican majority So um, That will certainly be What hmm. we're hearing a lot in the midterms and in, in the Senate races at least
0: Yep, Coming up alright so Rachel what, what are we talking about what was The bill what was the, I mean so For me I'm not tracking Abortion closely Round about a week last week it just seemed every you know social media blew up all like oh abortion i don't know where texas did something terrible or something wonderful depending on what who you are what happened
1: well so texas specifically um has a bill senate bill 8 that bans almost all abortions after cardiac activity a.k.a. a heartbeat in uh, an unborn child. And so if you know anything about, um, you know, what's happening during conception and whatnot of a child, uh, six weeks is about when you get a heartbeat. So, you know, for us, for Taylor and I, uh, when I got a positive pregnancy test with Hudson, we went to the hospital i um, got an ultrasound and I remember seeing the heartbeat and that was seven weeks for us.
0: Yeah. A little butterfly. We
1: went in. Yeah. A little. And it was amazing. I mean, to think like, wow, this teeny tiny, you know, I, mm-hmm. at that point I'm not even showing.
0: Right. Um, right.
1: And th- this little being has a heartbeat. And at that point, um, cheeks, chin and jaws are already starting to form. It <laughs> starts happening so quickly that, you know, you go from a little embryo to a little being, it happens in a matter of weeks. Um, And so I think, you know, just backing up culturally, back when Roe versus Wade, right? I can't talk. Roe versus Wade was decided. The R and the
0: W combo. It's it's tricky. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, The technology just wasn't there. So technology Mm. has really made a big difference in people's perceptions of life and when life begins and Hmm. just, you know, scientifically, it's really hard to argue now that, you know, life doesn't begin as early as it does. So Hmm. that has become increasingly difficult when, um, you know, even I I see uh, friends and other people mourning the loss of life or a miscarriage at six seven weeks um and so i think just the there's social media postings around that the the perception of when a life starts um mm-hmm. has just changed in the culture
0: it's gone down 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 down
1: to a younger right earlier age right, right yeah that's
0: what i mean yeah
1: right exactly
0: earlier 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 is what i should have said <laughs>
1: Right, which, you know, before the technology, it was just like, can you see a baby bump, you know?
0: Right. So so Texas, I, I was in, getting up to speed here. It pass, the bill passed in May, but then it became law on the 1st of September. Mm-hmm. And then there was an emergency petition to the US, United States Supreme Court to halt it, right? Mm-hmm. But then the Supreme Court said, 5-4, no. We're not taking this. right. Yes. So So they didn't make
1: a ruling. They just did not take the
0: case. Right. So then that or, you know, everyone erupted with that.
1: Yes. And so what makes this law unique, you know, obviously, since Roe versus Wade, um, there have been lots of state laws that have been tried that are, you know, um, struck down or whatnot. Mm -hmm. The Texas law doesn't criminalize abortion. Um, instead, it allows private citizens to sue abortion providers and others who are aiding and abetting in right. quotation marks um, people uh, women getting abortion through civil litigation. And so this is where hmm. Hmm. there is some controversy questions within it's the really pro-life broad. world. It's really broad and you know, allowing, the civil litigation to happen, the big fear out there is that it'll create kind of like abortion bounty hunters who are just going around trying to collect lots of money in these civil lawsuits or um, a, let's say, um, a father of a a baby uh, of a woman who has a miscarriage might get the story wrong and think she had an abortion and then, you know, seek damages on Hmm. that. Right, um, so right. it gets a little tricky allowing this kind of private action and that it's private individual seeking damages, not the state through criminal law.
0: Right. Yeah. That does seem really broad and I'm day to day in technology policy and I've seen technology policy folks worry about the, like would a social media platform, if there's like an ad somewhere, would they be liable or like would a would uber be liable for giving rides like maybe you got that email from lyft um saying they created a fund Mm -hmm. so if drivers got sued or brought to court under this new law they would lyft would step in and and defend them
1: right or even you know somebody lends a woman money and the woman doesn't tell that person like hey actually i'm using this money to go get an abortion and then someone sues that person for you know aiding and abetting by providing funds even if they didn't know how you know there's and there's questions about how much you know judges will actually I feel like I'm saying you know a lot as a filler um how, how much <laughs> judges will actually um you know see these <laughs> cases I can't stop saying you know <laughs> is that my filler word <laughs>
0: You know, I haven't I haven't noticed it that much until you mentioned it. And then once you mention it, I can't stop hearing it. So, okay. So it says pe- people can bring these suits against those they think were aiding and abetting. You can't have an abortion earlier than cardiac activity, heartbeat. So then, if you did have an abortion say, at twenty weeks with cardiac activity, then you would be penalized with what?
1: So the abortion provider or, yeah, the person who gave them a ride or whatnot would be brought and have to pay in court civil damages. And so the idea is that um, these abortion providers would be put out of business because they could not handle the Uh, sheer cost of the damages. So it's not even
0: a crime equivalent with murder. Or it's
1: not a criminal offense. Okay. It's, this is just civil action. Interesting. Right.
0: Yeah, I don't think I realized that. Huh. And then,
1: so then the latest action on this is today, the Justice Department, the Biden Administration Justice Department under Merrick Garland announced that they would be challenging this case. So this is definitely not the last word on this law. Lots oh, no. of different challenges are going to come up. Um... But what is maybe less spoken about but will be more consequential is that earlier this year the Supreme Court did say that they were going to take up a bill that or a bill a um court case that is challenging both Roe and then we talk about Roe versus Wade there's another right. big case Planned Parenthood versus Casey yes. which it was a court decision in 1992 that both affirmed uh, Roe versus Wade uh, core holding and said that states cannot impose an undue burden on the right to abortion before fetal viability this is perhaps even more consequential kind of like yeah yeah the set in stone policy um right so the idea you know conservatives a lot of um conservatives voted for President Trump with the idea solely single issue voters that he would appoint this mm-hmm. conservative Supreme Court that then would overturn Roe and Casey. Mm-hmm. And earlier this year, a court, uh, the court announced that it would take up a case out of Mississippi. Um, this is Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization. And this will uh, determine whether a Mississippi law banning most abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy can go into effect. Mm. Um, and so this, this is the big one. This is the big one everyone's watching because okay. if the court um, does overturn Roe and Casey in this decision, then suddenly the states um, need to decide what to do wow. on abortion. So you're going to have this like kind of scrambling activity if the court does rule this way um and you know some people are saying oh states are not prepared for this states but um other people say hey states have have what are called trigger laws ready so um right to life organizations have pieces of legislation kind of ready to go that if the wow. supreme court case happens rules in their favor they have a trigger law ready to go
0: i mean people yeah as i said before <laughs> thousands of people are paying attention to this issue it's their full time job and passion and life purpose mm-hmm. and yeah so this will be a, a big year then mm-hmm. for many reasons maybe we can shift to the christian response mm-hmm. to this bill abortion generally i think and just the 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 feelings on all sides of the issue like very, very genuine. I think people are trying to care best for people on all sides. You know, the the sympathy for, I think, women in dire situations, tough situations, or even, you know, the argument for freedom on the, the pro-choice side. Having a child is a big event. <laughs> yeah, Life-changing, I mean, life-altering. Um, on the other side which i identify much more with uh, of pro life protecting life from conception to natural end mm-hmm. i think that's the biblical perspective but there is i mean just <laughs> there, there needs to be a much more robust consideration and empathy i think in in this discussion i mean this is about so many other things too but what what do you think about yeah absolutely
1: I, it unfortunately has become this political politicized political uh, wedge. So, you know, it used to actually be that there were pro-life Democrats that it mm, kind of. Yeah,
0: yeah, true. Both right, parties
1: right, right. Um, and now the last pro-life Democrat got unseated. There are no more pro-life Democrats left
0: in Congress or anywhere in Congress. And it's probably become like a. Party platform thing too. Right? I'm sure
1: it's at the state level as well, but certainly in Congress. Right. Um, and it um, it has uh, in my short career on the Hill, I saw it used in uh, battles on big budget bills and spending bills. and hmm. Kind of like, hey, if you don't vote for this, then you hate babies or you love babies. And and the way it has been that. Issue has been used um, kind of makes me sick. <laughs> it mm. just, um, like you said, the lack of empathy and uh, kind of cynical politicians using it to get their way on another issue. Like they wanted lower spending. So they stuck a pro life right. writer in yeah. that, you know, makes everyone vote one way or the other. And um, I just. I got tired of that huh. political game. Um,
0: Just because it can't be discussed on its own, so it's like you know the, you were, the situation you're talking about sounds like Congress must pass this big bill. So but then, does
1: it fund Planned Parenthood or not? Right. Using that as kind of a litmus, right? Test. Instead of
0: saying, "Well, let's pass the spending bill and like deal with this very big, right?" and that issue and,
1: you know that happens with other issues too. It's not just yes, yes, totally true. Pro life stuff. A
0: big must pass bill becomes what they call a Christmas tree, where everyone attaches their thing to it, right? Exactly. Or tries to.
1: Exactly. But this issue is just so different to me because of the emotions. I mean, you know, we talked about my our pregnancy was a hundred percent planned and desired and wanted yeah. and thought about. But it's still scary. Being pregnant is scary. It, it, it was.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wasn't even pregnant.
1: <laughs> it is. It's just, Um. it's such a monumental change in a person's life. And so yeah. I remember those first few weeks being like, wow, I can't, like, not having a plan, not having a partner, um, not having a, a steady job yeah. or a steady income. And
0: insurance, financials. Like, there's so many things. Factors that fit in, and we, and there was still like mm-hmm. fear and trepidation. Exactly. We probably had everything going for us,
1: totally. And so, I do think this um, this holistic approach to life needs to be a part of every pro life advocates. Which, outside of the political sphere and politicians mm-hmm. using it as kind of a wedge issue, um, I think pro-life advocates on the ground do live their life this way most pro-life advocates i know who've been working in the trenches on this uh donate they foster and adopt they um volunteer at crisis pregnancy centers like they they really put it all out there um Mm -hmm. and and helping in these areas so i don't i don't think that um pro-choice advocates out there, pro-abortion advocates get it right when they say that, oh, pro-life people don't care about women and blah, blah, blah. That is just not true from what I've seen. Hmm. Um, and I I do think there's a lot of empathy and a lot out there. You know, for example, this Texas bill, something that I haven't seen in any of the coverage, but I saw in one piece today, was that Texas also passed a hundred million dollars in funding for the alternatives to abortion. Um, so funding nonprofits that provide alternatives to abortion, hmm. and so there was yeah, this kind of um, wraparound services to help women that they funded, but that wasn't covered at all.
0: Right right and if you have had an abortion yourself or close to someone who has I mean there there's redemption and community and love that's still present and it's not a I mean it can be so secret and hidden Mm -hmm. too I think because of all this it's just so contentious and so you're loved yes whoever you are and whoever you know
1: it's not a worse mistake than other mistakes right um yeah absolutely and it's yeah, it's a, it is absolutely life changing for a woman. So we can, you know, talk about all of the lack of support for women, you know, like
0: yeah, not true.
1: enforcing child support, um, that happens in huh. welfare programs, you yeah. know, uh, we can talk about not having paid leave for women, especially in hourly jobs. You typically don't get paid leave, um, you know, the lack of uh, postpartum maternal care that's part of our culture. There's there's so many things that um, we need to step it up and work on as part of a, like a holistic pro-life ethic. Mm-hmm. And that's not even starting to go down the path of, well, what does it mean to be truly pro-life and yeah. um, protective of the idea of the Imago day? And mm-hmm. you know, we talked about this previously and I wrote about it in an op-ed of – this means care for refugees care for the disabled uh, care for the immigrant uh elderly yeah it just it has to be holistic it cannot be single issue
0: i like it it's a good place to end on perhaps yeah transition to our perhaps lighter fare of media (laughs) stinkers and thinkers
1: stinkers and thinkers
0: what's your stinker rachel
1: My stinker. Okay, this one was really easy. It was terrible. (sighs) I watched the Amazon Prime Cinderella remake. (laughs) Oh, man. It was. should have been called Woke Cinderella. It shouldn't have been called Cinderella. It was like nothing like the story. Um, Gosh, it was so bad in so many ways. Especially, like, I love all of the other Cinderella remakes. Even the... Um, the Julie Andrews, the original, you've got the most recent, like Lily James one, you've got the Brandy one from what my childhood, yeah, so many good ones. But this one was just too much. I'm spoiler alert if you want to see it, don't <laughs> listen to this, but you shouldn't see it, it was not very good. Um, she doesn't want to be with the prince because she wants to follow her career as a dressmaker and she can't do What do
0: you that. have against that?
1: Um, I'm sorry, but <laughs> that's dumb. So she makes him leave his position as a prince and travel the world with her as like a low level intern dressmaker. Dumb.
0: <laughs> what if she just they mutually want to come to that decision, Rachel?
1: I just, no.
0: So, I guess I'll piggyback. I didn't really have a stinker in mind. But, like, I watched a bit of it. You graciously said, we wanted to watch one of your movies. Since the <laughs> yes, last episode, it was, like, all superhero movies. So, we were watching it one of It was my Rachel's. turn to pick yes. the movie. And the one we watched was good. Oh, yeah, that's okay. And then, <laughs> but I watched a bit of the Cinderella one. It was just, it seemed like the other critique, it was, like, st- I was wondering if it would make any sense 25 years from now because so many of the, so much of the dialogue, the, the idioms, the, <laughs> the language, the references were like internet humor circa 2020. Huh. So it's like, oh, I, well, I don't, I probably don't want to watch this when I'm 58. <laughs> but if I did, would I get it or would it just seem like so, so tacky? Yeah. Um, it didn't seem to have any like holding power or staying power and it...
1: all the songs were covers of like yes different pop hits yeah top i did hits.
0: appreciate the uh seven nation army cover
1: uh, material girl cover was pretty funny and good too
0: oh was that the the, the dance the stepmother of... anyway oh okay i missed that one i only saw bits of it okay what's uh i guess i can talk about my yeah what... thinker
1: that was your stinker, too? That was, yeah. My, What's your thinker?
0: My thinker, Reservation Dogs.
1: Oh, so good. So
0: good. We're, we're like, consuming everything Taika Waititi. Yes, we're super fans. And producer. Uh, we Although you haven't seen uh, What We Do in the Shadows, the movie. True. We haven't also watched the show. Um, but Reservation Dogs, great concept.
1: Well, we should tell people who are not familiar with Taika Waititi,
0: Jojo Rabbit, Flight, uh, of the Flight of the Concords. That's true. Um, Thor Ragnarok. Oh, enjoyed that movie. Okay. That's Taika. Just the humor, the New Zealand pull in, the hunt for the Wilder people.
1: That was really a really good movie. One of
0: his earlier ones, fantastic.
1: Yeah, and Jojo Rabbit, I think, is one of the great greats. It's yeah, so good.
0: if you like dry humor. New Zealand actors, Mm kind of zany, yeah. And the characters in Reservation Dogs are just amazing. Takes place in a uh, Native reservation in Oklahoma in like modern day, and I mean, every every episode. Four teenagers. Yeah, it's just it's just a wonderful show, and it's ongoing now. (laughs) So good.
1: It was on. It's on what Hulu?
0: Hulu. Did I say holo? (laughs) Marco.
1: (laughs) 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 You supposed to say polo?
0: But I said holo. No one's like, when well, you want to play Marco Holo, kids at the pool just like, what are you talking about?
1: <laughs> okay, I was trying to riff on your boy, but <laughs> never mind.
0: <laughs> we'll work on our riffs. What's your thinker?
1: My thinker was a book that I read after you recommended it to me. Oh. A Place of Healing, Wrestling with the Mysteries of Suffering, Pain, and God's Sovereignty by uh, Johnny Erickson Tada. Yes. If you don't know who she is, um, quadriplegic since she was a teenager. Gosh, I think she's 71 now, 70 or 71. The
0: accident happened in the 60s, right? Like 64, yeah. So she's seven.
1: far outlived what a quadriplegic from that time um. Usually the lifespan <laughs> of someone. Wow. Um, and has had just an amazing ministry. She was part of the Americans with Disabilities Act, and she, um, her she's written multiple books about what it's like to be disabled, and mm-hmm. uh, just an amazing gospel testimony, uh, as well as a nonprofit that provides wheelchairs to yeah. children on the world who would otherwise never have access to a wheelchair, and basically. Just have to sit at home and drag themselves around the floor and can never leave home in these countries because they don't have access to wheelchairs. Um, so, anyway, amazing ministry. And um, Taylor recommended this to me because she wrote it when she was almost 60. Hmm. And after dealing with, you know, becoming quadriplegic and then kind of getting used to being quadriplegic and living life this way. Uh, and having this amazing ministry and radio show and being on TV and having a movie about her and all these books, um, she says she hit this new wall of deep suffering when she was experiencing terrible chronic pain hmm. all of a sudden. Yeah, I think it was her broken tailbone sacrum. I think so.
0: Yeah, keep her up or not up at nights and on miserable medications
1: pain. And- and so she wrote this book from the trenches of her pain, not after she was past it. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically what it's like to live with terrible pain. And um, I deal with uh, neuropathies or neuropathic pain that just shoots through my hand every hour or so.
0: You say it feels like a hundred bees stinging you. Yes. It's like a burning
1: and, um, I just, sometimes I struggle with how do I deal with this pain that I have to live with every day and, uh, can be pretty disheartening. So it just was a really great perspective and helped me think about, um, my pain in a different way. Think about gratitude for what I do have instead of what I don't have. Think about, um, the hope of heaven and when I'm in the throes of pain, um, just that it it is not always going to be this way. the hope of heaven is near and beautiful um hmm. and yeah, it just uh, very, very good. I recommend it to anyone dealing with the mysteries of suffering.
0: yeah, big question that we probably at least I feel like I have way more things to learn about it and mm-hmm. more reading. It's like one of the the big like philosophical questions in life. Mm-hmm. Good plug. Well, thanks for the thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week.
1: See you next week.